Hey guys, welcome to the hashtag Get Real Woke podcast. I'm your host, Frederick D. Scott. And today is Situation Saturday, where I come on and I talk about current events relative to our community and how they impact our community. And I relate them to business and, and finance concepts so we can get a better understanding of what's happening, how to prepare ourselves, and how to move forward on our journeys towards accomplishing the dreams and goals that we have. So before I jump into today's topic, uh, I need everybody to definitely, y'all know what I always say, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification, leave me a comment at the end of this video, and definitely hit the join button to join the hashtag Real Woke Live Chat Community. Okay, let's get into that to the, into today's topic. Today's topic is the end of PUA. What's next? Now, you know, when I do podcasts, I try to be, you know, I try to smile, you know, I try to be, you know, very upbeat. But to be honest with you, this is not an upbeat conversation. This is, you know, while I, you know, want to smile, I, I'm not, I'm not smiling. I, I'm not smiling about this. And so I want to talk about this because, you know, I feel like the media has not done a great job of, of really breaking this down and talking about what's coming. And I think our community is getting ready to get blindsided by a lot of things that they don't even know are coming right now. And, 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 and in some points already upon us. And I, I'm very, very concerned. So I want to talk about what's coming, what this is going to mean for our community, and then kind of talk about a, a, a solution that, that, that I have. So I don't know if we realize it or not, but PUA, so let's talk about federal PUA. So federal PUA gave those who needed it and those who could qualify for it an additional $300 a week uh, in economic uh, financial assistance to help people survive during, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic. Federal PUA in September 6th, for those of you who don't know, the official end date for the pandemic unemployment assistance, that additional $300 that was being given is over with September the 6th. Now, what does that mean? That means that you will no longer be receiving that additional $300. Now, if you still qualify for unemployment insurance through your state and your state is uh, is still allotting that to you because you still have weeks left in your unemployment insurance, you can still get that. So for example, if you're in the state of New York, that means the $182 that you get in unemployment insurance from the state, you'd still get that until your, your allotted time frame, which in the state of New York is 26 weeks, until you've exhausted the full 26 weeks. So I wanna share that with you because you know, that is going to be a huge hit to a lot of people. Now, a bigger thing that's happening is, is, and what's not being talked about is the fact that while PUA, the federal PUA officially ended in September the 6th, states had the option to exit federal PUA early. That means that they had the option, the choice 
to stop giving federal PUA and stop receiving that money from the federal government to pass through uh, via their labor departments to uh, the, the constituents or people that live in their state. So I want you to know that while it is not readily being publicized like it should be, I need you to know that 25 states are ending extra unemployment benefits early. They're ending the federal PUA program early. States are ending, which means that even though it ends, even though federal PUA officially ends September 6th, 25 states have decided to opt out even sooner than that. So that means that if you live in one of these states, and I'm actually going to break down and tell you exactly which states are doing it and when. If you live in one of these states, that means that you're going to lose your extra $300 benefit even sooner. So let's go through the states that have decided that they're going to opt out early from federal PUA assistance. The first state on the list is Alabama. Alabama is ending federal PUA in their state as of June 19th. That's in a few days. So in a few days, everyone that lives in the state of Alabama that's getting unemployment insurance and, and pandemic and federal pandemic unemployment assistance as of the 19th, they'll no longer be able to get the federal pandemic unemployment assistance any longer. How about this? Alaska is ending their federal PUA program June 12th. Arizona is ending it July 10th. Arkansas is ending it June 26th. Florida is ending it June 26th. Georgia is ending federal pandemic unemployment assistance June 26th. Idaho is ending federal pandemic unemployment assistance June 19th. Indiana is ending July 19th. Iowa is ending it on June 12th. Maryland is ending it on July the 3rd. Mississippi is ending it June 12th. Missouri is ending it June 12th. Montana is ending it June 27th. Nebraska is ending it June 19th. New Hampshire is ending it June 19th. North Dakota is ending it June 19th. Ohio is ending it June 26th. Oklahoma is ending it June 26th. South Carolina is ending it June 26th. South Dakota, June 26th. Tennessee, July 3rd. Texas, June 26th. Utah, June 26th. West Virginia, June 19th. Wyoming, June 19th. These are the 25 states that have already committed to ending federal pandemic unemployment assistance early. Here's the worst part. When you look at it from a historical standpoint, 
when there is an economic disaster or an economic situation, when we are having an economic downturn uh, in the United States, the African-American community gets affected much harder than any other community. The two communities that get devastated the most are the African-American community and the Hispanic community, with the African-American community being the leading community that gets devastated. Our unemployment rates are always three to four to five times higher than the national average. And you mean to tell me that 25 states have decided that they're going to end their federal pandemic unemployment assistance programs early. Here's the worst part about that. The worst part about that is the fact that a lot of people still haven't been able to go back to work in our community. A lot of people haven't even begun looking for jobs yet in our community because they're not sure what they're going to do about child care. And so because of that, because it's the fact of the matter is school is getting ready to get out. And so with school out, you're saying now that I, with an unsurety of, of child care, I now have to go out if I'm a single mother or a single dad, or even if, you know, there are two parents in the household, we both have to go out and find jobs quickly so that way we'll be able to continue to survive. And with the common industries that we move into, like construction, transportation, and logistics, and retail industries, and the restaurant industry, being that they're still not seeing a substantive uptick in employment there, you mean to tell me that now we are going to be faced with a situation whereby we are no longer able to get that additional benefit in these 25 states. We are unemployed, we're going to have a hard time finding a job and your states, the ones that I named, seem to think that that's OK. Funny enough, most of those states are Republican states. So why are we surprised now? If that was an insult to injury, let me tell you something else. How about the federal rent moratorium that was signed by the CDC? And the FHA, that, that legislation that was passed, that regulatory uh, freeze and ban on, uh, on evictions. So, so if you didn't know, the federal government put in a ban uh, nationwide on, on evictions. It was called a rent moratorium. And so if you were unable to pay your rent during COVID, you didn't have to worry about being evicted because the federal government had put something in place to protect you. Now, a lot of states, primarily Republican states, didn't do anything for their constituents at the state level. But even though they didn't do it, it was OK because the federal government had put something in place to protect everyone. And unless the state could successfully challenge the uh, that rent moratorium protection in federal court and only a few states tried and they didn't win, uh, you were protected from eviction under a federal regulation. OK, let's talk about that. That residential eviction ban is over with as of June 30th, 2021. That's in a few days. That's in a few days. And so what that means is that not only are states ending their PUA, but the federal protection from being evicted is about to end at the same time, which means 
that if you owe back rent, chances are you're not going to have the money to be able to catch up that back rent, which means that now you can and will likely be evicted. Based on the numbers that I've looked at and the, the economic data that I've looked at, I realize that here shortly, evictions are going to quadruple across the African-American community. We're going to see a lot more people living at other people's houses, living in their cars, and living in their streets, particularly because the federal and state governments have not thought through how to get people back on their feet overall. They're quick to end programs and point to jobs data, which I'm going to talk about shortly, as a reason for not extending this. But at the end of the day, there's a big difference between what goes on in the African-American community and what goes on in every other demographic. And so to a certain extent, to be honest with you, I feel as though this was a kind of a setup. Call me a conspiracy theorist, but I feel like this was kind of a setup. And let me tell you why. See, the government big business, retail companies, they understand that the African-American community by far and by wide is the largest consumer demographic in the United States. So they suspected that when they passed out this PUA stimulus money uh, and all these extra benefits to help people get over, that a lot of people would just go spend it at retail stores and give it right back. And that, for the most part, oh, in, a lot of, in a lot of ways, is what happened here. And so they knew this up front. And so I feel like they did this. And now that they're ending everything full stop with no solution to get people on their feet, I feel like the plan was to set our community back by a generation because this has the potential to set our community back a generation this has the potential to decimate our community because there's no safety net in place to help people slowly transition back into the workforce and to be able to find jobs and job training and provide any real substantive financial assistance post the end of federal pandemic unemployment assistance. The worst part is the federal government in general is ending this federal pandemic unemployment assistance on September 6th, but you're ending rent moratoriums at the end of this month. So even if you still are in a state like New York, where they're going to go ahead and carry it all the way through until September 6th, well, if you haven't been able to pay your rent or you've only been making partial payments on your rent, how do you, how do you get out of the hole? What happens to you? I mean, I can tell you that the Landlord Association in New York is gearing up for massive evictions. I've talked to several landlords that I know uh, in the industry, and they are gearing up for evictions. The court is getting ready to get slammed with a ton of evictions the day after the rent moratorium expires. And most of those evictions are within the African-American and Hispanic communities. And that's the facts. Even in the state of New York and other states who are doing this, 
There are a few states that had said, for example, and I'll speak of the state of New York specifically because I live here and I know what's going on here and what the government is doing at the state level. So what the government did here at the state level is they put out some legislation or some regulatory framework that basically said that they were going to give up to one year of back rent payments uh, to each individual that applied. And that sounds great. Until you really look at the situation and you realize, well, wait a minute. If you look at a lot of the criteria that's required to be able to qualify for this one year, one shot deal of, uh, of rent payments, back rent payments, a lot of people simply just aren't going to qualify. So while they put out the legislation, they wrote it in such a way or the regulatory framework, they wrote it into such a way to where majority of people wouldn't be able to qualify. Moreover, let's consider the fact that right now, state buildings are still closed. So if you are, if you're not really good with the internet and you need to go down personally to apply for this, how do you do that with state buildings still closed? How do you do that? With the number of applications that have been submitted online, how long is it going to take before they get to your application? Because remember, the, 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 the rent moratorium ends at the end of the month. So if they don't call you for two or three months, you'll be in the street by then. The rent assistance won't help you at that point. And if you're in the street, by the time your application comes up, guess what? You don't qualify anyway. So while it sounded like a great initiative, the fact of the situation is it simply isn't. It was not well thought out. And so even in the state of New York, where they tried to put something in place, people are still going to get hurt. People are still going to get devastated. So some people seem to think that that um, the government, the federal government will extend uh, PUA. And 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 I want to I want to talk through if you give me a second here. Uh, I'm going to share my screen and I want to talk through the most recent jobs report because see, when you consider things like this, you have to understand the jobs report and you have to understand the economic factors that go into uh, making a decision on whether something is going to be extended or not. And so there are two things, two major things that are considered when when the government is looking at um assistance financial assistance financial programs and 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 stimulus type programs two things that they look at are what the fed is doing and what the fed's view on the economy is that's the federal reserve bank what is the federal reserve bank's view on the economy and second what does the jobs report say so the jobs report Right. For those of you who don't know what the jobs report is, it comes from the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics. And so what the job report does is it tells us how the economy is doing. So the jobs report comes out every every month. Every month we get a jobs report. And so it tells us what the economy is doing from an employment standpoint. So I want to highlight some key areas in the jobs report. 
And when you see these key areas in the jobs report, you'll understand why it is extremely unlikely that pandemic unemployment assistance at the federal level and rent moratoriums that were uh, that were put out at the federal level to protect people from evictions during the pandemic uh, will likely not be extended again. So when you look at total non-farm payroll employment, you see that it rose by 559,000 jobs in May. And the unemployment rate declined by 0.03 percentage points to 5.8%. Okay, so when you look at a number like 5.8% uh, unemployment, what that's telling you is that we are near pre-pandemic unemployment numbers. And so what, the, what, what this tells the, the economist is that we are on our way uh, toward an economic recovery. And so because we're on our way to an economic recovery, there's no need to continue to provide uh, uh, unemployment uh, benefits and assistance and rent moratorium because with things opening up, with the vaccine readily available at this point, and with the amount of people who have gotten the vaccine so far, and because most employers are requiring the vaccine, they know the numbers will continue to go up. In light of that, they feel as though the job market will continue to improve, unemployment will continue to drop, and as a result of that, the economy will recover. So let's take a look at a little bit more of the jobs report. So household survey data. In May, the unemployment rate declined by 0.03 percentage points to 5.8%, and the number of unemployed persons fell by 496,000 to 9.3 million. These measures are down considerably from their recent heights in April 2020, but remain well above their levels prior to the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic. 3.5%, right? So the unemployment rate was 3.5%. We're at 5.8% now. But again, remember, that's considering the fact that everything was still closed or on a hybrid environment, et cetera, et cetera. With employers now requiring some as early as July that everybody return to the office 100%. For example, in the state of New York, the MTA is requiring that everybody go back to work 100%. So with that happening, right, even though we are near pre-pandemic levels, they believe that we will continue and be able to achieve that once everything is opening up, once everything fully opens up again and, and people are back in into where they need to be. Now, let's continue down this, this journey because there's some other numbers that I, I, wanna, I want to uh, point out. Okay, the establishment survey data. Total non-farm payroll increased by 559,000 in May, following increases of 278,000 in April and 785,000 in March. So in May, employment in leisure and hospitality increased by 292,000 as pandemic-related restrictions continue to ease in some parts of the country. Nearly two-thirds of the increase was in food service and drinking places. 168,000. Employment also rose in amusement, gambling, and recreation, 58,000. And in accommodation, 35,000. 
Employment and leisure and hospitality is down by 2.5 million or 15% from its level in February, 2020. But as you can see in the employment report, in the jobs report, they're positioning the statements while they're saying there is still some lag. They have a firm position and you can see it in the way they're wording it in the jobs report that we are going to continue to find economic recovery as things open up. And so based on that, they're saying, look how well we're doing when things are partially open. Imagine how much better we'll be doing when everything is already open again, when everything finally reopens again. So in their minds, and again, you know, September 6th is far off in their minds, the numbers are going to continue to trend up. And so there's no need. And again, I mean, you know, there could be a surprise in the next jobs report, but I doubt it. I think that the trend is going to remain the same. And so the federal government is not going to be um, very uh, willing or encouraged to continue to uh, extend these benefits. Okay, so, and there's a number, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll share this. I will share this in the description, actually, the jobs report, so you can read it for yourself. But I wanted to share that with you because, you know, that's one part of the equation is the jobs report. The second part of the equation that you have to consider when you gauge whether the, the federal government would be willing to extend rent moratoriums and, and, and pandemic unemployment assistance at the federal level is what the Fed is saying. So all indications are that the Fed is going to raise interest rates. That's what the indications are. We're all waiting with bated breath at this point to see exactly what they're going to do. But we know that they're not going to lower interest rates any further. The only thing that they're going to do is either continue the interest rate and leave it where it's at or raise it a bit. And why is that? One, because we, we feel like we're on the uptrend, the beginning of, of an economic good cycle, an economic boom. Secondly, inflation is higher than it's been in two decades. And so if they continue to pump money uh, into the economy without GDP to support it, and they continue to print money in the way that they are to provide federal pandemic unemployment assistance, they're going to continue to devalue the currency, the U.S. dollar, against other currencies globally. So that means that the, the, the dollar will be worth less uh, compared to other currencies, which means that now when you look at uh, industries that have to import products and services into this country to be able to run their companies, they're paying more for the cost or service because of the devaluation of the US dollar due to inflation. And I know that seems very, very, you know, that seems a little bit uh, like maybe a little bit complicated, but it's very simple. You print money, and it, the more money you print, it's just think about it like this. If I have a dollar and I give you a dollar's worth of dollar, if I keep printing out dollars over and over and over and over and over and over again, and I don't have anything backing those dollars, the truth of the situation is the dollar I gave you, you know, three days ago, if I print 300 new dollar bills is going to be worth a lot less in purchasing power uh, than it was when I gave it to you originally. That's essentially what, what inflation is. And we call inflation on Wall Street, we call that a hidden tax. And in economics, we call it a hidden tax. And so, you know, for those two factors right there and for those two reasons, 
it is extremely unlikely that federal pandemic unemployment assistance and rent moratoriums will be extended. And that's heartbreaking because there's no solution to solve the problem of all the people that are going to be evicted, which is why I really strongly believe that this was the unintended benefit of this situation was the decimation of the African-American community. Because remember, we've been making a lot of gains over the last generation. I mean, we've had a lot of a lot more entrepreneurs, a lot more successful African-American entrepreneurs be created in this last generation because of the advancement of technology. And I think that, you know, and, histor and, and, and historically, you know, from a history standpoint, it can be pointed to multiple times throughout history where the African-American community has begun to, to make leaps and bounds and has begun to, to make progress and has begun to elevate and all of a sudden there's some sort of legislative or regulatory movement that undercuts what the African-American community is doing. And I think this is yet another time that that's happening. Uh, and that's just my opinion when I look at all the factors at play here and I see what's really getting ready to happen to our community. I am not the only person that knows that unemployment in the African-American community is four times, four to five times higher than it is anywhere else in an economic down cycle. I'm not the only person that knows that. I'm not the only person that knows that we have the lowest savings to income ratio in the United States. I'm not the only person that knows that. I'm also not the only person that knows that we have some of the lowest FICO scores uh, in the United States across demographics. I'm not the only person that knows that we are the highest consuming demographic, the largest consuming demographic in the United States. I'm not the only one that knows that. There are economists in the government that know that as well. There are economists all over the place uh, in, in, in government and private sector that are aware of these, these data points. And so I think that you know, this was strategically done. Uh, and, I, and I do agree that, you know, across the nation, people did need help. But I think the unintended benefit, uh, the unintended benefit for, 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 you know, those that would see the African-American community suffer more uh, was that they knew the data points that I've outlined here and understood what was likely to happen with in general in the African-American community and knew that by doing this and not putting a safety net in place, just pulling it at the end, that it would decimate the community. And yes, I'm upset. I'm upset about this. So, you know, while I'm generally smiling, this is why I'm not smiling. So, you know, what I see is, and I know what you guys are asking, you know, this is scary stuff. What is the solution? What is the solution? To be honest with you, the solution is multi-pronged. One, if you haven't been saving your PUA money yet, this is the time to be doing that. If you're in a state that is offering any type of uh, uh, rent, uh, rent recovery processes and procedures, the ability to uh, get assistance paying any back rent that you haven't paid, I suggest if you haven't applied, you apply now. If you have applied and you haven't heard back from them yet, start calling, start sending emails, start harassing people. You need solutions. I would advise people to talk to their landlords and work out something that will allow them to make partial payments uh, until they're caught up or pay a little more on the rent every month than, than what they would typically pay until they can get the back rent caught up. You know, there, there are things, you know, you, 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 gotta, you gotta be really, really, really savvy and strategic. Now, 
from my standpoint, what am I doing, right? So, and I'm going to talk about this more because we plan on rolling this out next week, but I'm getting ready to roll out something that I call hashtag learn to earn, which is a financial support program and initiative that's going to allow me to help people financially with real cash in their pockets on a regular basis through my hashtag get real woke podcast. Um, I realized that more now more than ever, uh, we are in need of a consistent and measurable financial support initiative to be able to help people through what is getting ready to be a very, very, very difficult time. So as opposed to being someone that's just raising the alarm with no real solution, I'm doing something about it. I'm taking the resources that I have available, the capital that I have available, and I'm going to take that capital and I'm going to deploy it into the hands of people that really, really need it through hashtag learn to earn. You're going to hear more about that hopefully in the upcoming week uh, because that's the plan. That's the rollout plan for the upcoming week. So you're going to hear more about that. Um, and I'm excited to be able to do that because it is an example of how you live good by doing good. And it's the first step in a long range plan I have to provide uh, financial support, resources and education to our community to uh, be able to give us a real opportunity to get through this situation, number one, uh, as, as best as we possibly can. And number two, to be able to, you know, begin to um, position our community to create their own equity. Instead of asking for a seat at somebody else's table, I'd like to see people in our community build their own tables so that way they have their own seats and they can divvy them out as they see fit. Because that's what true success is. True success is being able to build your own table and call your own shots at your table. So that's what this is about. So, you know, this wasn't a very long discussion. Um, I didn't intend it to be. I just wanted to lay out some reality and some facts, uh, you know, and provide some a little bit of a solution uh, and some a little bit of guidance. You know, I'm available uh, at Frederick D. Scott on Instagram for anybody that wants to talk to me one on one offline about their specific situation and and see what kind of resources I, I might have available to them to help them through this uh, via, you know, community resources, you know, uh, social services resources, things of that nature. I have a lot of things at my disposal and I readily offer those things to the community, especially to those who I know are in a situation and are going to need the resources at this point. So if you are in that category, do feel free to reach out to me uh, offline on Instagram at Frederick D. Scott. Uh, you can email me frederickdscottllc at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to reach out. Um, our conversation will be, you know, a one-on-one -on -one conversation, and I'll be more than happy to help in any way that I can and provide you some resources to, to help you get through this situation and navigate it as best as possible. So that was all I had today, guys. I hope, uh, again, thank you guys so much for spending time with me. Thank you so much for hearing what I had to say. Um, I hope that this conversation was enlightening and beneficial and uh, was eye-opening to the reality of what's coming. You know, I, um, 
Of course, as always, you know, make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification, leave me a comment at the bottom of this video to let me know what you think. And also leave a comment if you are in a state and you know of specific financial resources and social services programs that are available in your state or in your city that can benefit someone. Because I don't know every single state's programs and initiatives. I'm happy to do the research for people that reach out to me to learn, make the phone calls I need to make to figure it out. But at the end of the day, if you live in a state and you're either in social services or you work with social services, you're in the nonprofit space and you know of resources, please leave those resources in the comment because I'm telling you, you have no idea how many people watch these, 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 these episodes and how, and who will watch these episodes at a later time. And you don't realize that by even just sharing a few resources, leaving a small comment at the bottom of this video, this video, honestly, that one resource you share could be the difference between somebody making it and somebody ending up having to sleep in their car or worse. You know, the goal as a community, we got to come together as a collective to help one another in these difficult times. So please leave comments if you know resources, okay? Um, lastly, make sure you join, hit the join button to join the hashtag Real Woke Live Chat Community. You can hit the join button at the bottom of this video on the hashtag Get Real Woke Podcast page, and, or you can click the link that I'm going to pin to the comments uh, and, and join there. It's because of the people that support this podcast that I'm able to, number one, provide the great content resources and information that I have on such a consistent and regular basis. And number two, it is because of the community support, the people, the hashtag real woke live chat community, it is because of their support that I'm able to roll out financial assistance initiatives and programs that benefit our community when we need it most. And we need it most right now. All right. So definitely hit that join button and join the hashtag real woke live chat community. For those that already support me, thank you guys so much for supporting me. I really, 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 really appreciate you guys. Uh, and, you know, until the next Situation Saturday, yo, I'm out. <laughs>